0: Welcome everyone, this is episode number 22 and today we have the beautiful Jess Fleming joining us. Jess has been involved in yoga for over 20 years now, she's a yoga and meditation teacher along with being an amazing mum to teens and tweens of her her, her own, she's got two beautiful daughters and she's really focused in the way that she connects girls and young women with mindfulness-based yoga and meditation to help them with stress relief, anxiety, overwhelm and even depression. And if you haven't checked out her Instagram, she's living underscore the underscore mindful underscore wife. Don't worry, it'll be in the show notes. And her yoga sequences are so freaking cute, so you've got to check them out. But Jess, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, thank you.
0: <laughs> so before we kick it off, um, let me ask you, what day of your cycle are you in, or whereabouts are you in your cycle at the moment?
1: Okay, so I'm not good with this. I don't know. I'm 36 years old, and this is literally the first year that I've started to track my cycle or understood the importance of doing it so i have an app that tells me but yeah i don't know exactly where i'm at i don't know like the days
0: fantastic this is a great example for all the women listening who are just starting to get to know your cycle doesn't matter what age you are whether even if you're in your 60s or 70s you still have a cycle too um, it just works a little bit different to the menstruation years um but I love that so thank you for your honesty what well, app a... are you using for yourself?
1: um i'm using i think it's called clue
0: yeah and it course. really
1: is amazing like i really really love it um yeah really informative and and very clear
0: easy to use yeah that's the app that I also use. I'm going to have to reach out to Claire and be like, can we like put something on my you website to have everyone to <laughs> to have everyone download this app because <laughs> it's a fantastic app to use. Let's talk about cycle tracking mm. for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, the app is amazing because you can just open it up on your phone and enter the information. However, mm. there's a really big difference between cycle tracking on an app to cycle tracking on like a tracker, like a written tracker. Oh right! We, yeah, we live in this world where using your app on your phone is such a, like a a quick done and then out of sight thing. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like flicking through things, or you're like clicking through photos, or you're scroll in a scroll hole. You just whiz through everything quite quickly. Whereas when you have a written tracker, it's a little bit like a mindfulness um, practice where you are connecting with your body. You're actually keenly right. learning about yourself and putting pen to paper. So with a cycle tracker that's written down, you actually, it's like a mindfulness practice. So you get to dedicate some time to yourself every day. It can be less than 60 seconds and you're actually connecting with yourself and recognizing and acknowledging how you're feeling on each day, what's coming up for you on each day. So it's a little bit mm. different to using an app. I like to do, and you can get the free, for anyone listening who's never done this before, there's a free Love Your Cycle Tracker with videos, guides and a series on the website. So you can go and get that. Um, but it's all about connecting with yourself and understanding the different elements of how you feel emotionally, nutritionally, and energetically, um, every day, rather than just pressing a button when you menstruate. Yes. And like, oh, that's it. Okay. How long's my cycle? What day am I on? Oh, I'm going to menstruate in like two days time. Yeah. So it's just, it helps, it's great to kind of help girls dive deeper into the connection of them. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's so important because one thing I actually didn't realize until I started tracking it was, um is the importance of the fluctuations in the hormone levels. Um, and that's it's because I'm raising teen girls. It, that's when I realized how important it is to begin to track it. So the fluctuations in the levels of hormones, um, even when teaching mindfulness and stuff, finding out where people are, especially young women on their cycle, because they can really feel like this is them and this is who they are and stuff. But when you start to understand your cycle and that the effects it can have on your emotions, the way you feel, the things you want to eat, how you feel about yourself. Like one of the first things I said to my daughters um, when they started going through the hormonal changes is once a month, you're going to think you're fat. You're going to think you're ugly and you're going to hate everything in your wardrobe. It's completely normal, but understand that it's not absolute. It's not correct. It's just Mm. relative to, to what your hormones
0: are doing. I love that. What great advice from a mom. It's like, I always say particularly in the well women program that I teach to women of all ages, teens and tweens right Mm. through to post menstruation age is that you're not static. Like you're not a tree, Mm. you know, you're not stuck in this particular position. And I guess this kind of evolves into the work that you do with mindfulness-based mm-hmm. yoga meditation is that you're never static or stuck. So quickly to share with our listeners, how you got into being a mindfulness-based yoga um, mm-hmm. and meditation teacher particularly, because I know your focus is young women. Mm-hmm. So how did that come about?
1: So I was doing, before I did my yoga teacher training, I was doing yoga for probably about 10 years. Um, But it was very, I'll say physically based yoga. So I used to do like DVDs when DVDs were around. Um, And so never really went to a class or anything, just doing yoga at home. Um, I really fell in love with it, um, just the physical aspects of it. And so decided to do yoga teacher training. Um, I did my yoga teacher training at My Health Yoga um, with Carrie, who is just incredible. And there was a huge difference when I started doing classes with Carrie to the ones that I was doing on the DVD. Um, And I didn't expect any of these things. I didn't have any idea of what I was going to experience um, with these different types of yoga classes. So I'll call them like more mindfulness based yoga classes. Um, so what happened was I went into I think the teacher training went for about a year, and during that time, I started to experience started to experience myself really differently. So what I mean by that is, um, I had chronic anxiety, and I had no idea. Because it was just my natural state, I actually didn't know that I had really, really bad anxiety amongst um other things, all these other issues. And I didn't know that yoga or mindfulness could help with those things. So without having any expectations, I went and did all this mindfulness yoga. We had to do, I think, 300 hours of it or something. And we did, like, these 30-minute meditations and stuff. And I started to notice that I was really, really calm, um, really, really compassionate, like not trying to be. These things were happening naturally. I noticed massive changes in my moods. So I was often really irritated with my girls. They were young, they were little then. So like maybe two and three and tantrums and stuff like that. And it would trigger me, I would be angry and frustrated. And it was, that was a common response and a perfectly justifiable response. But what I noticed was all of the yoga, when I was doing heaps of the yoga and the meditation, I wasn't responding like that. I was naturally, understanding them and really, really patient. And it sort of took me aback. And I was like, I couldn't believe how powerful um, these really simple practices were. Practices were So like doing like 25, 30 minutes of yoga and doing like even 10 minute meditations or longer meditations and the effect it was having on my brain and I suppose my nervous system and um, hormone levels. Now that I know all about it I understand what was happening but at the time I had no idea Um, and so through that year I think it was about a year it literally changed my entire life from the inside out I just began to feel so connected to myself I didn't realize I was disconnected until I became connected I didn't realize I was anxious until I felt calm like all of these things it was just who I thought I was um, until I experienced myself completely different so it was so powerful for me that when i hear other people especially young women because i went through so much as a young woman and i think if i had have known these things um how different it could have been and how much easier it could have been how much less suffering i would have gone through if i had have just known that um how disconnected i was to from my authentic true inner self who I truly was. And if I had have known how much of my life was anxiety based, how many things I was avoiding because of the feeling of anxiety. And I had no idea mm. um, until I did this sort of more mindfulness based yoga. So 10 years into yoga, I still hadn't done mindfulness based yoga, but then did a year of mindfulness based yoga. And I was like, that this is just, it's me. It's, it's so powerful. And yeah. So, um, it just definitely became my passion helping young women understand how a simple mindfulness practice or some type of mindfulness in your world can, it can just change everything, especially if you're feeling stressed or overwhelmed, because we often can't, we can't fix our environment. So when problems come from outside of us and they're making us feel stressed and we really can't do anything about it, we've really got to learn how to go within and how decide how we want to respond and who we want to be in certain situations and yeah, so for me that's that's sort of how it all came about and how the the deep passion for it was sort of triggered.
0: Amazing. I've just written down so many questions that I want to ask you. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> about about all of this because it's interesting when we talk about the relationship with our body and becoming more connected mm. the first question if you can answer you know quickly is that for those who are listening who are into yoga or maybe do pilates um or something similar like a similar style of movement what mm. is the difference between yoga and mindfulness yoga oh
1: yeah great question i love this it really is where you focus your awareness. So what's happening with your thoughts. If you go into a yoga class, it could even be a mindfulness based yoga class, but you're not directing your thoughts to the right place, or you're just letting them go. Like the Buddhists call it the monkey mind. If it's just going off and doing its thing, um, you're going to be pretty much in the same state when you leave as when you came to class, except that you will get the benefits of movement Um, So that's going to give you some of those great hormones and stuff like that. But to get that true, magical, powerful effect of mindfulness yoga, it's going to be, first of all, um, where you're placing your awareness, your thoughts. And so the biggest thing you can do with that is learn to let go. Um, So you're going to have a lot of thoughts, some good, some bad, some thinking, some planning, some remembering. Um, And depending on what type of mind you have, if you have a really chaotic mind, which was definitely me... you're going to feel pretty crap most of the time. And if you go to a mindfulness-based yoga class where they can help you to guide your thoughts, even just for that short period of time, it doesn't have to be a long time, um, you could experience it within five minutes. If you've had an extremely chaotic, long length of thoughts and then you experience five minutes off that, you'll notice really, really quickly the difference in how your body feels Mm -hmm. um, because you're, you're going to switch from, So when you're in that stressed out state, um, which your thoughts can cause, um, you go into the sympathetic state. So your body goes into that like fight or flight that we all know about with the heart's pumping really fast. When those thoughts stop, um, your body's naturally going to go into the parasympathetic stage. So that's the rest and digest response. And you're naturally going to start to feel more relaxed and more centred. And so letting go of your thoughts would be the first step to that. So if you can go to a guided class that sort of guides you to let go of those thoughts during movement or stillness, you're going to start to experience that that relaxation response and start to feel a little bit bit calmer. The second thing would be your breathing. Mm. Most definitely one of the most powerful things you can do um, is learn how to breathe well or breathe deeply. Yeah. So getting that oxygen into your body is super, super important, but not only that, the deep breaths, you're kind of signaling to your nervous system and to your brain that everything is fine, you are safe and everything can start to calm down. And the whole, the way that your brain functions will change, all of your blood flow changes and everything will start to settle. So I think the biggest difference between just a physical-based practice, which you're still going to get benefits from, I wouldn't say don't do it if you're not gonna do mindfulness-based, you'll still get benefits. But if you want those benefits of a mindfulness practice, you need to learn how to direct your thoughts or just simply how to let go of them um, and, yeah, deep breath. So it's awareness, breath and movement, definitely.
0: What a great understanding of the two different types of yoga versus mindfulness yoga. Mm. <laughs> we talk about letting go, it's something that's a really big part of being a woman throughout a menstrual cycle, and I know you're getting to know your menstrual cycle through your tracking, is that mm. important to understand that through the four different phases of our cycle, so we have menstruation, pre-ovulation, ovulation, ovulation post obulation then back to menstruation again, is that each of these phases, like you were talking about, like with the hormone levels, is going to be different. Mm. And therefore, there's some phases of our cycle, especially which is all about letting go and just really allowing your emotions to fully boil up and feel them fully and then yes. let them go. And it's something that we do... In a, like I do in nearly all of my coaching sessions one-on-one with clients, it's about dropping them into their bodies, connecting with themselves so they can really embrace and acknowledge how they actually feel. Yes. Because I always say with yoga... And those who listen to have been listening to this podcast for like since it launched or have followed me online know that I love yoga. I've been practicing for seven and a half years. Wow. But if if you're not present in your body whilst you're Mm -hmm. doing yoga, you will fall Mm -hmm. over or you'll injure yourself. Yeah. And it's the same can be said, I feel, Jess, like, but what do you think? The same can be said if you're not present in your body in a day to day activity. You Mm -hmm. won't fall over maybe, but you might drop something or you might forget something or lock yourself out of the house and that comes from being present.
1: Yeah, and I think for me, um, because I'm somebody that was not present for such a huge part of my life, completely unaware, it was just very unconscious um, and the way that that would show up in my world wouldn't be so much, you know, falling over or anything physical but reacting, Um, Mm -hmm. reacting to how I was feeling. So let's say I didn't fully understand my cycle and I was feeling frustrated and irritated. I would think and truly believe that it was because of my kids or because of this or because of that. They're the reason I'm feeling frustrated. And now, you know, I need to go out dancing with my friends and drink copious amounts of vodka. And, and I would, so I would be reacting instead of spending just maybe just a moment sitting still feeling what I'm feeling, breathing into it and becoming aware of what's actually going on, questioning a few of my stressful thoughts. That would be one of the biggest things that I encourage people to do when they're feeling stressed or is to question how you're feeling. Is it the kids? You know, is it this? Is it that situation? Is it work? Um, And then, yeah, just taking a moment and, and seeing what's really going on. And that's one of the benefits of, um, presence and
0: mindfulness I love that thank you for sharing I think as women one of the hardest and most challenging things is to acknowledge how we truly feel without mm. judgment so acknowledging and excuse my language here but feeling like, holy fuck I'm really anxious right <laughs> now and I'm having a lot of yes or yes oh my god, I'm really I'm really overwhelmed or oh my god I've got so much to do and I'm really stressed mm. and I'm really worried that things aren't going to work out. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You know.
1: And I think the worst thing about that is that it's not helpful. You know, when you get into that state, you actually don't manage your situations as well as you would like to. Mm. And so learning how to sort of shut down that sympathetic system, that overwhelmed, anxious and freaking out system to be able to bring yourself into a more calm and centered state so that you can deal with what's going on in your external environment well without the unconscious flipping out. Or in my case, it would be some type of running away or eating, drinking something to avoid that stressed out feeling because I just didn't know how to manage it. It was all extremely unconscious and reactive. But when Mm -hmm. you learn how to calm it down, you're sort of not so, I guess, um, afraid of that overwhelmed feeling because you know how to take a moment, how to recenter yourself, and then you still need to take action. You still need to manage the situations. Like if my kids were chucking tensions or something, it's not that I could just like drop into meditation and completely ignore it. What it's going to do is going to help to center me so that I can I can relate to them, I can be patient with them, I can understand them and it becomes instead of a moment of friction and fighting and and resistance, it becomes a moment of love and understanding and so it sort of transmutes it, it turns what was a horrible horrible situation that you want to run from into this really beautiful situation where you can bond and and be open to love and in that
0: moment. Mm, So much juiciness, I love Mm. it. All right, well, let's switch gears. And you've, you mentioned a little bit earlier that you really turned to this mindfulness practice of yoga and connecting mm. with yourself through mindfulness because of the things you were going through as a woman. Now, mm. it's majority going to be all women listening to this um, episode or this podcast in general, actually, because it's called the Well Women Podcast. <laughs> but share with us, you know, your transition as a woman in getting to know your body. Every woman has their own journey you know, their mm. own experiences is re- in really getting to know their body. And you've already, you know, you'd already birthed two children, been through mm-hmm. two pregnancies. Yeah. But what was it that you had to let go of? Like, what are the challenges that you faced? And that and they may or may not link with your menstrual cycle, but what is it that you were going through as a woman that you wanted to really understand in a better way and not react to as much?
1: Yeah, so with me, I mean, um, there really was a lot with me. I had a lot of trauma. Um through childhood um, that wasn't dealt with, purely because I didn't know how to. Um, But I also didn't know that that was still affecting me. Um, I think probably the biggest trigger for me to want to change would have been once I had children. So I was pretty young, 23 I think I was with my first puppy. Um, And what I noticed was I noticed that I wasn't present. I couldn't have put it into those words at the time, but I noticed that I, was, I wasn't being the mum or the person that I wanted to be. I was very aware of that. I was very aware that I wasn't reacting or responding to situations the way that I wanted to. Um, and yeah, whether it was because of past trauma, I don't know, or it was just a lack of life skills, or I'm not sure um but I remember when I did start to notice that that's when I first started to meditate with a a guided meditation cd um when my girls were little um so yeah for me there was a lot of trauma in the past and stress and yeah so they were probably my things that triggered the want to change. Once I had kids, before I had kids, I could sort of hide from it quite easily. I would just be reactive, but that wouldn't, it wasn't seen as reactive, it wasn't seen as a problem because it was, I was just sort of out having fun and doing the young thing, but it really was a, um, I think running from a lot of feelings of anxiety and just um, sort of unhealed chaos within, Um, But once I had my daughters, I didn't want to, I didn't want to run. I really wanted to be able to be there for them and be there with them and be present and really experience all of that. So that was probably my um, turning point in life.
0: Thank you so much for sharing. And I just want to highlight something here for everyone who's listening is that we are all humans, regardless if you're a male or a female, and we all experience things. So you are listening to this in this very moment, unless you're in the middle of driving, I want you to pause this podcast and I want you to stop running for two seconds and just embrace how you're feeling right now. So stop this podcast and ask yourself, what is the feeling that I'm feeling right now? And so by doing that, hopefully you paused the podcast and you actually did that. But by doing that you're you're acknowledging how you're feeling so you're not burying it and you're feeling it so then you can let it go you know you can't let a hug go until you've hugged so you've got to hug first and then you let go <laughs> that's the same yeah. thing. you've got to feel it and then you've got to let it go and that um,
1: letting go is really important and i think that's probably been the biggest thing for me because for anybody else that has had anxiety or um difficulty with their mind if you're not conscious of what's happening if you're not aware like you're saying there just stop for a moment and check in with yourself ask yourself how you're feeling if you're not aware of how you're feeling you really can't go beyond it it kind of takes control of you it just becomes this unconscious programmed way of um, responding to life and once i mean it's hard you know when when i first started to be still because there was so much internal chaos It's a really hard thing to sit and look at and sort of looking at that darkness within yourself, it is really, really difficult. But the minute that you transcend that darkness and that difficulty or that anxiety, no matter if it's small or massive, the minute you move through it and then you're in a state of presence and bliss, you realize that it has no power over you, none. And that's so empowering. It's such an incredible thing to feel like you're about to die from anxiety and then learning how to center yourself um, and calm yourself down. And then you realize that it's just, it's got nothing. It's got no hold over you. All of those thoughts, you're able to let them go. You really are able to let them go. It can take some practice about like, just like, um, um, you know, building muscles in the gym. Um, the mind is just like that, so it can take some practice to really be able to let go. But once you can do it, it's so powerful, it's so empowering and it's such a, a beautiful tool to have any time you need it.
0: Mm, it is a beautiful tool and it's a, nothing's going to be perfect. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking, oh, my God, I wish I could let all of this shit go. <laughs> <So> it <laughs> all once, happen, It won't happen overnight and something that I always say and those who have done my programs or worked with me, will know that i always say when you when you let go of the shit in your life i promise you you'll let go of your shit better meaning your poo will improve no. um, so it's true. When, you have, when you have shit going on in your life it actually can impact your digestive system and this is arabed 100 in mm. the sense that your external world if you're not digesting that well then your mm-hmm. internal digestion's not going to be that good too so the challenges we experience within our body how are they Mm. on the outside of our body in our environment
1: and that can be a great way to know what's happening because as well with stress it shuts down um, your digestive system because when you're in a state of stress worry anxiety whatever you want to call it once you're in that sympathetic state anything that's not used for survival will get shut down and it's incredible system but if you are in that state a lot you are going to experience things like major digestive issues. You'll notice brain fog. That was a huge one for me, dizziness. I didn't even realise that it was coming from stress because the blood flow in your brain changes. That more evolved part of our brain, it actually stops working and we go into sort of more of like that lizard stage, like more of a primitive stage of just survival. So even I say to my daughters when they're doing tests and things, learn how to calm your anxiety beforehand because even my younger daughter says it, she goes, I knew everything, but then as I was doing the test, blank, I couldn't get it. And it's because she's having just some anxiety and then her mind is operating completely different. Her actual brain and nervous system and everything is operating different. And yes, Mm. it'll affect your digestive system, your heart, your cardiovascular system, your immune system is suppressed during times of stress. So if you're going through chronic stress, if it's long-term, Um, yeah you're obviously putting yourself at at higher risk for a lot of things so it's it's hugely beneficial to learn how to get yourself into that parasympathetic that more rest and rest and digest state.
0: I love it thank you all right let's switch gears because I feel that there's going to be a lot of women listening who are like oh my god I wish I could just let go of my stress today or my worry Mm. today
1: or Mm. um,
0: you know I've been I've been sleeping well and I'm feeling quite anxious Mm. and I I don't like to say people have anxiety. I just like to say people have anxiousness. I'm experiencing anxiousness or I have an anxious moment Mm, rather than going, I have anxiety. Oh, yeah, I
1: like that. That's really good,
0: yeah. For those who are watching this on YouTube, like I have a jacket or a jumper over my shoulders. It's kind of like you're putting on, when you say I have anxiety, it's like, oh, I'm putting, I'm wearing, I have anxiety today. It's like you're putting on your your anxiety cape and you're kind of acknowledging I have this and labeling yourself. Mm as opposed to saying, I, I'm having an anxious moment or I'm experiencing anxiousness. Mm. You, it, you're not wearing it or labelling yourself as much, so you're not embodying it like as deeply as saying, I have anxiety or I have PCOS or I have it
1: Yeah, or, I have, and I think yeah. it's really important to point out as well, everybody has anxiety. We're supposed to have it. it it's not something that like you If I could choose whether my children had anxiety or not, I would say, don't have it. You need it. It's a really, really important function. It's life-saving and it's incredible. But if it's long-term, or if it starts to get in the way of your life, like I noticed myself not going places. I did at the time, I didn't realize it was due to anxious thoughts, um, anticipating things that were gonna happen. So I would avoid situations. until it gets to that point where it's actually disrupting your life, it's actually a really, really, really important part of of us as
0: humans. Mm-hmm. It is. We can't not experience it. So acknowledge mm-hmm. it when you experience it. So my question for you now, Jess, is mm-hmm. for those who are listening. Like I was going down the track before, but we got we got sidetracked. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's like, perfect. Um, for those who want to learn how to better manage their mindfulness and embrace this practice, what are your go-to um, mindfulness practices that are oh, that yes. women can kind of work with every day or at least okay. three times a week to help them balance their mind if they feel like this? Okay, okay. so
1: a couple of things. Um, first thing is your breathing. Um, I'll give you a really, really simple breathing exercise any time you feel anxious, or any time I feel anxious, and I still get a lot of anxiety now, I just know how to manage it and how to get rid of it really quickly. Um, So as soon as you're feeling anxious, um, first signs you might feel racing heart, um, difficulty breathing because your your muscles all constrict. So first signs of anxiety, first of all, watch your thoughts. Recognise what you're thinking and then start to do this breathing exercise. So what you're going to do, it's a flower and a straw. So you're going to breathe in through your nose and you breathe in as if you're smelling your favorite flower. So deep breath in. And then as if you're breathing out, so hold just for a second, and then as if you're breathing out through a straw. I like that. All the air out. So a few rounds of that. Now, long exhalations, really, really, really important, especially if you get a racing heart. For me, that's how I know I'm having anxiety. I'm like, oh, okay, my heart feels like it's about to jump out of my chest. I must be anxious. Um, So when you breathe out, your heart rate actually slows down. And so that's your body conserving energy. When you breathe in, you're bringing all the oxygen into your body, so your heart pumps a little bit faster to get that oxygen around. But as you breathe out, your body's going to conserve a little bit of energy by slowing your heart rate down. So if you can exhale longer, so like another breathing practice would be, say, to breathe in for four and then breathe out for eight. A few rounds of that, if you're somebody whose heart races and you want your heart rate to lower, do that. those long exhalations. If you're breathing in for a count of four, breathe out for a count of eight. And you can combine that with the flower and the straw if you want to. Yeah, so that's a couple of things that you could do. Um, If you're having trouble sleeping, you mentioned that before, um, and that was definitely something that I went through. um, In a period of my life, I had insomnia for about three months. Probably one of the worst things I've ever been through. um, Lack of sleep and being tired and not being able to sleep because your mind is racing is absolutely awful. Um, And the best thing you can do for it, there's a practice called yoga nidra. Um, there's heaps of practices on um, YouTube. There's a free app, which I love. Um, you can do a shorter practice, a five or 10 minute practice, but I guarantee once you've done this practice a couple of times and you feel that um, rush of those relaxing hormones and the brain waves that you start to get into, you'll wanna do the longer practices. And once you get onto YouTube, you can do um, 20, 30, 40. I did a 40 minute practice this morning when I woke up. Um, and you can even go up to an hour. Um, And it is just such a beautiful practice. So if you have insomnia, um, trouble falling asleep because of racing thoughts, um, the yoga nidra practice is something I would highly, highly recommend. Or if you're just feeling stressed or overwhelmed, um, doing that practice during the day is really gonna get you into that really nice, calm and peaceful state.
0: Amazing. What's that app called? You mentioned about the Yoga, the yoga Nidra Um Let me tell app. you. Okay. Just Whilst you're looking for it on your phone, um, there are some really great books on Yoga Nidra. And mm. it goes to show that it's in, when it comes to yoga, yoga is not just the physical asana, so the physical posture. Yoga is mm. life. Yoga is how you sleep. It's how you make your dinner. It's how you shop. It's how you have conversations with friends. Yoga is not just the movement to sweat and build muscle and burn fat, so to speak.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I think the app's actually just called Yoga Nidra. It's also got deep relaxation. It's got a picture of a sunflower and a blue sky behind it. So you can either do the free one, and It's a 10-minute one, or I think it's like five dollars ninety-nine for the um for the other one, and you can choose a um, 20 channel. or 30 Everybody. minute yeah. Um, I recommend anytime anyone ever tells me that they're having sleep issues, um, I highly, highly recommend it. So yoga nidra, it's meant to be like a yogic sleep, so it's as if you're in that um state um of such deep rest and relaxation, but you're conscious of it. So the purpose mm-hmm. is not actually to fall asleep, but with me, no matter how stressed I am, Yoga Nidra, I will fall asleep. So it just gets you that relaxed and into that beautiful state. But staying awake and conscious during it is also incredible because you just get to feel um, or experience yourself in such a deeply relaxed and calm state, even in the midst of um, a stressful time.
0: Amazing. All right. Well, they're great. A couple of great little things um, around breathing practices and connecting with yourself to help bring more mindfulness into your life. Now, we're nearly out of time, Jess, so I do want to flick and ask you this question now, is that if you could give yourself three guiding tips, your younger self, so your teenage mm. self, as mm. you're getting to know your body, maybe you're starting to menstruate, you are probably given practice to these three because you've got you know two teen tween daughters. Yeah. yeah. But what would be your three guiding tips to your younger self? Um,
1: Okay, so it would definitely be learn to be still. Learn to take a moment um, before you make any decision um, based on anything. Just learn to take a breath. um, Feel what you're feeling and question everything that you're thinking and believing. So just, yeah, learning to take a moment of stillness. I didn't do that often, so I was very rash and very bold with all of my choices. Not all of them turned out bad, but um, many of them did. And if I had have known how to take a moment and just pull myself back, um, I think it would have made a lot of different decisions. Mm -hmm. Um, I think probably number two would be to learn your cycle and learn how deeply it affects um, mind and body. Um, so, yeah, just really learning the, the fluctuations of the hormones and the effects that they're going to have on your emotions. Um, but also, just a little side one to that, learning that the way that you breathe, your the way that you think, the way that you move, it also affects those hormones. So, if like even now, or if my daughters were having a bad time with their hormones. I would try to teach them that even that relaxation practice we were just talking about that yoga nidra it's actually going to change the hormones in your body. Um, because you're going to lower your stress hormones. It's going to affect um, all of your hormone levels. So if you, when you're tracking your cycle or my younger self, if when I was tracking my cycle, um, I noticed that uh, my hormones were causing some issues and I was getting upset or angry or whatever, um, knowing that some of those practices that you can do, some of those relaxation practices, will actually change those levels of hormones. Um, yeah, so I suppose tracking the cycle, learning to be still, um, and Probably another really big one I would say, and this is, I'm huge with my daughters on this, is learning who you are authentically. And now this is a really, really hard one for young people because literally from the moment we're born, depending on how conscious our parents are and the type of community we've been born into, you are constantly told who you're supposed to be what you should want out of life um, and you are literally bombarded with it. And today more so than ever because of social media and the rise of social media, it it is extreme um, in teen worlds. So learning how to really connect to who you are authentically and finding that in the midst of everything that is going to be coming at you, telling you how you should look, how you should feel, what you should want. Um, So learning to connect to who you are, authentically and moving through life from there and how how to stay strong and empowered in that as well because you're going to get knocked pretty much every day with somebody telling you that you shouldn't want that um, be it your parents or even teachers even like good guides you know um, really shifting you off your path of who you are so yeah that that would be a really big one definitely
0: amazing thank you so much for sharing so we have as a recap for everyone learn to be still learn your cycle, embrace your cycle mm-hmm. and how that affects both your mind and your body and then your body and your mind and learn who you are authentically. And mm. something that I know Melissa Ambrosini says is that no one does you better than you.
1: Yes. Yeah,
0: so just be yeah, you. And it's really important that if everyone was the same, the planet would be really freaking boring. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, we don't yeah. want boring planet. Like imagine if every single car on the road was the same. How boring would the drive be? Like, Mm. so freaking boring, even if it was all the same color. So don't be a copycat. Don't act like you have to try to fit in. Just be yourself. So I love those three tips. Um, Thank you so much for sharing, Jess. And for those who were like, well, how do I get to know my cycle and understand my hormone balance and where my hormones going? Mm. All in all, it's really your endocrine system, your entire endocrine system. And it's what we teach in the Well Women program in depth. And that program is for every woman of every age. So whether you are a teen or a tween, a mum with young girls, or you are post-menstruation, so through menopause, um, the Well Women program is actually for every woman because it teaches you about your cycle, whether you menstruate or you don't menstruate. So thank you so much, Jess, for joining us. You're welcome. Thank you. So much beautiful guidance about learning to still your mind. And I already just feel more calm, just... Ah, uh, chat because chat part of you. yeah, yeah, um, yeah, for sure. How it does that? So I will pop everything in the show notes. But for those who are listening, how can they find you if they want to learn? More about
1: um, Instagram would be uh, my main platform that I use. Mm-hmm. I'm also on um, YouTube and Facebook. But if you find me on Instagram, it's living that mindful life underscores between each word. Um, Yeah. So everything that I do, I post on there and um, requests. I also love when people send me a request because it gives me a really good idea of what people need and what they want. So if there's anything specific that you want or that you're struggling with, send me a request and I'll, um, I'll film a video for you and yeah, put it on there.
0: And be sure to go check out her stuff because her videos are so freaking cute. I love oh, them. Thank you. Um, but Jess, I've loved having you on the show. Thank you for joining us. And oh, thanks for, everyone for having who's me. Listening. Have an amazing day. Drive safe, walk safe, connect with yourself, breathe into your body. Yes. Um, we will be talking to you in our next Well Women episode. Well, bye for now. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to every episode of the Well Women Podcast. I trust you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. If you got a lot out of it too, please subscribe and leave a five-star review on iTunes or your podcast app. This means together we can inspire, connect, and educate even more women. Now, is there a bestie, a sister, or a friend who you know may be frustrated and confused with their health? Are they ready to discover new aspects of themselves too? Well, take a screenshot of this podcast episode share it on your social media, email it, text it, or any way you need to get it to their ears. So together we can all live in flow, harmony and balance with our bodies. And be sure to tag me in it too, hashtag WellWomenPodcast. For everything we mentioned in today's episode, you can find this in the show notes over at Wellsome.com forward slash podcast. Until next time, beautiful, get connected, listen to your body, and remember, body confidence all begins with living in tune with your menstrual cycle.